we can call this a practice. All right. Great, I'm going to fix my hair. This is, um, no, I feel relaxed now that All we right. started. This is Jesse and I do many takes, so I feel good. We had a first take. Okay. Uh, tell you what the illegal fishing. Gosh, I wasn't anticipating that. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, I did not know we were talk. We were gonna talk about fishing. <laughs> so, no, it's like very. I did two years of work on illegal fishing, and it. <laughs> it's so like, the podcast, the podcast <laughs> is gonna be like Ariella on illegal <laughs> fishing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. What types of drones can you use to protect your drones? Yeah. What types of drones Ooh. can you use to protect? A marine area from illegal fishing. All right, so let's do this again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome, Ariella. Uh, very Thank happy you. to have you here. Thank you. And uh, we were talking last time about uh, how 20s are mm -hmm. overrated. Mm -hmm. So, and you just turned 31. I did. And uh, I, you told me that you were very happy being 30 as yes. uh, compared to where you uh, what you felt about your 20s. So tell me about that. Yes. Um, I love my 30s. <laughs> I feel much more relaxed in my 30s. Okay. Um, in my 20s, I felt a lot of pressure to have accomplishments, to be some kind of child genius. I mean, I think in the US, we have a cult around young success. I don't know if okay. it's the same here, but... Uh, I, I personally feel it. I don't mm. know if all Algerian youth do feel it, but mm -hmm. I personally do feel it. Like, yeah. uh, I get subliminal messages like, hey, you're 21, 29, yep. and you're here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so mm -hmm. I, I do understand what you're talking about perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. So I guess it's a millennial thing. I don't know. I don't know. I think a part of it, because I'm not sure if it's the same for the younger generation, yeah. at least now that I'm on TikTok with the youth, <laughs> it seems there is a lot of uh, cynicism that we didn't have. I, I was not cynical about my future. I was stressed. I felt like I have to achieve this. It's very possible to achieve this. What this is was not clear. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't doubt the structure. Like it's possible and it's just a matter of my effort and I'm going to get there. So you're saying that Generation Z mm. are like, hey, uh, we, we're not going to make it. We know we're not going to make it because... I think because so. Of the system. Oh, okay. I mean, there's really a sense of cynicism. You're setting mm. me up to fail. Yeah. The world is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> what is? What even is accomplishment? What is this structure mm. that? Why do you want me to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week? I mean, we didn't question this. I was doing okay. unpaid internships for years. Yeah. This was considered very normal for yeah, us. Yeah. yeah, and I worked a lot of jobs that are very, very underpaid, mm -hmm. which my younger mm -hmm. brothers don't. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's a, that's a good point of view that I didn't really have. Yeah, uh, and now you are 31. How yes. do you feel about your 30s? I love my 30s. Okay. I feel like I'm a, like a, I try to soothe people like yourself who are coming into their 30s. Yeah, like, I'm 21. Don't panic. <laughs> I'm it's great up here. The air is nice. <laughs> okay. I mean, for me, I had a real focus on turning 30. And once I turned 30 and that focus went away, I felt like, oh, Okay, I can just live. You know, okay. I missed the 30 under 30 lists. Okay. I was not a young genius. I'm not a billionaire. Yeah. All right, Malish, I guess I'll go to Algeria and start a school. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then you talked about how you came from America to yes. Algeria. Mm -hmm. So tell me what you were up to in America okay. before coming here. Okay. So I was working with nonprofits. Uh, largely in grant management and program management. So we okay. would get we would get funding to do research projects. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of in charge of that. Yeah. 
and I right. really had a burnout. I didn't, I, I wasn't inspired by what I was doing. I didn't feel connected to what I was doing. And um, I made the decision to take a leap of faith and travel to Algeria. And what a leap <laughs> of faith that was. Like, um, mm -hmm. uh, comment. So usually people come from, go from uh, third world countries to first world countries, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they take lots of risks doing that. Yeah. But you did the exact opposite. Like yeah. I can imagine like lots of people swimming this way. Yeah. And uh, you swim in the other way. <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely. I've had a lot of questions. It's funny. It's Algerians seem to be very shocked that I'm in Algeria. Americans, I think, are less shocked, but mm -hmm. a little maybe condescending, like, oh, okay. For you. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> well, that sounds okay. Yeah. And then they sort of lose okay. attention or lose interest, but that's fine. I've never wanted to be on the typical path so uh, yeah all right before before we get into algeria okay i want to get into fishing <laughs> i know Wait, how do we bring it back to fishing <laughs> i'm sorry this is interesting <laughs> to me okay. so you were doing like uh consulting with um with so, these big companies or organizations yeah it's a lot of international organizations and mm -hmm. they come to nonprofits to ask for research support and okay. so i ended up in this very specific niche mm -hmm. that was not my passion, but no. I learned a lot about, which is illegal fishing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because there is a lot of attention right now to small nations that can't protect their fish okay. from big nations who come in and scoop it out. Okay. So I was on a team that was helping write recommendations, mm -hmm. um, not necessarily policy, but like technological recommendations and yeah. researching. Yeah drones that you can use to observe if someone's coming into your waters. I mean, it was very far from anything I knew about or anything I was very yeah. interested in knowing about, but that is what I was doing. Yeah, and that wasn't fulfilling for you somehow. <laughs> it wasn't fulfilling, exactly. I mean, I think when we're young, we're starting our career, we make sacrifices. Mm -hmm. We say, um, I'm not going to work on my passion immediately, or I'm not going to... Uh, have the be at the company I want to be at first. So I'm mm. going to build my way there and I'll take this job because it will be good for this job later. And okay. I found that I just ended in a position that I couldn't actually see it connecting to something interesting for me later on. Mm -hmm. um, it was great experience. I do still love project management. Um, I can write a report. I can write a budget. Yeah. But I was not waking up in the morning excited to save the fish. Okay, really. are you waking up in the morning excited today? I am. Wait, did you wake up? <laughs> did you get up like excited about this podcast? <laughs> I did. I'm really, right, <laughs> honestly, I love, I love being an entrepreneur and I love living outside of my country. And mm -hmm. I'd say I'm equally excited and stressed on most days. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like the right amount of stress, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think I feel fully awake. Nothing um, uh -huh. in Algeria maybe also Algerians say this, but nothing's all that easy. Your attention is really demanded. I'm in a new field, uh, running, you know, entrepreneurship is new to me. Yeah. And so I can't do anything on autopilot. And okay. I like that. All right. All right. Yeah. So how, why did you choose Algeria? Why did you come here? Like, okay. So this question I get all the time. Yeah. Um, I'd had my eye on North Africa for a while, mm -hmm. really since the Arab Spring. I got super interested in okay. Egypt and Tunisia. I was studying in France at the time, so there was a lot of attention from France to former colonies. That's when I first learned about North Africa. 
Um, and I'd studied abroad on the Mediterranean. I'd done France, I'd done Spain. So I was fascinated. Mm -hmm. And when I was looking at the Fulbright grant, you choose which country to apply to. Okay. The only options in North Africa were Morocco and Algeria. Um, and Algeria, this was the first year Algeria was included since 1986. Okay. And that fascinated me. Okay. And I thought... So this is a sign. Yeah. And you know, Algeria is such a big country and they it's a, a physical image. Yeah. So to include it, like lit up a huge new... Yeah. I don't know. It really appealed to me. It was enticing. It was interesting. Mm -hmm. Linguistically, you know, French and Arabic are languages I either am speaking or I'm learning how to speak. So it worked with that. Okay. But it was a leap of faith. It was like, yeah, okay, like, why you, not? Yeah, like, you scared? No, I wasn't scared. Okay. I wasn't scared. I mean, not at the, not at the point of applying and selecting it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a, I like an adventure. I didn't know anyone who'd been to Algeria. Yeah. It was like the, this unknown land. I don't know. It seemed, uh, it okay. seemed very interesting. Okay. Yeah. I see. I see what mm -hmm. you mean. Yeah. Um, and then you came here and what mm -hmm. you studied here, right? No, I taught. So uh, yeah, yeah, right. the Fulbright yeah. Scholarship for Americans sends Americans abroad to teach English at mm -hmm. public universities. And so I taught at the UNS in Buzadea. Mm -hmm. So I was teaching future English teachers. Um, and really, I didn't know I was going to stay in Algeria. It was like, uh, as I said, a leap of faith, a little bit of a sabbatical. Let me just take some time away from the yeah. fish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, remember what my original interests are. I knew I was passionate about travel. I knew I was passionate about languages, but I had no idea. And I, I hadn't been teaching in the U.S. I'd been volunteer teaching for the last year, the year prior. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't know what would come after, if I'd just be here for my one-year grant or... Yeah. So yeah. this was before or after your 30s? I arrived <laughs> right before I turned, that can't be right, 20, 28? Yeah, I arrived right before I turned 28. Okay, okay. But in my mind, it coincides with this shift of mindset. Yeah. So maybe I started my 30s at 28. That's right. when I felt <laughs> way more relaxed and... Yeah. And ready to, Meanwhile, yeah. I'm still like, hey, I got like five months till I <laughs> may become a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's interesting. All right. So um, tell me about um, when you came here, like how y your uh, experience of the culture or the people mm. okay. or um, like be honest. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll say that my first experience was really hard Okay. because I arrived with a new program. There were only two of us, and it, it wasn't like a community experience. It wasn't like I arrived, um, you know, when you go to school, you have classmates, you have immediately, you're in a community and you connect. Yeah. I arrived, the embassy helped me find an apartment, they showed me where the grocery store was, and then they said, That's it. good luck. Good luck, okay. <laughs> and I always joke about this with new arrivals in Algeria. I say, what did you do in your first few months? Because you just walk around alone a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, Algeria is a culture that happens in private spaces, mm -hmm. behind closed doors, in family homes, or secret restaurants or secret yeah. spots. And it, it was really hard to find them in the beginning. Okay. So that was hard. Um, but then eventually I started finding them. And I started uh, going out and meeting folks and what I did find was a very warm and welcoming community. Yeah, that's yeah. that's good, yeah. 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 And then uh, how did the idea of starting a business come about? Mm -hmm. mm. Well, I 
was really overwhelmed actually by demand to teach English. Every person I met asked them if I could teach them English. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was if you're talking about a business opportunity, that was from the business perspective, it was overwhelming um, for English classes. But then I became very dedicated to this idea of a cultural institute. Um, Mm -hmm. I was actually inspired by one of the classes I was co-teaching at ENS in Buzarea. Okay, how did you get inspired? It was called Issues in Culture. And so I was a teaching assistant Mm -hmm. and the teacher, an Algerian woman, wonderful teacher, would bring up cultural questions to ask the class. Like? Like um, the quote, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, meaning Mm. how much should you change or adapt when you're in a new environment or how much should you not? Um, Questions of what does it look like when someone has a different culture? How do we notice it? Is it their behavior? Is it their mentality? Is it just the clothes, the food? Um, And for me, it was a fascinating introduction to the, I don't know, cultural exchange or um, thoughts on culture here in Algeria. And for many of my students, I was the first person they were meeting outside of their culture, outside of... um, Algeria, perhaps even the first non-Muslim they'd met. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, I don't know, I became very passionate about this idea of creating opportunities to have these conversations and to learn, to learn about my culture, to learn about Anglophone cultures. And I hope, inshallah, the big dream is to bring American teachers here to learn more about Algerian culture. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh, one, uh, one aspect that Algeria and the United States have in common is that there are areas mm-hmm. that haven't been exposed to mm-hmm. outside yes. cultures. Like yes. I know, I've seen that on TV, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I know that there are many Americans who are very, very foreign yeah. to uh, whatever is outside yeah. of uh, America. Like uh, a, com- a comic was uh, say mm-hmm. an English comic who went mm-hmm. to Texas mm-hmm. and he went to a bar and he couldn't even order anything because <laughs> nobody couldn't understand his accent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that, then there are shows like This is America where yeah. um, where he uh, uh, he announced um, I think Sasha Bohan Khan on oh. so, yeah, he announced that he was going to build a great mosque yeah. in a very small uh, uh, yeah. t- town uh, mm-hmm. somewhere in America, but yeah, everybody was very upset. And uh, like I could understand that very well because uh, yeah. here in Algeria, if you're gonna tell Algerians that you're gonna build a huge church mm-hmm. in their small town, mm-hmm. they're gonna be just as upset. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what do you think we could do about that to like uh, make people more welcoming to other cultures or yeah. less antagonizing, less? Um, I think it's it's a very high demand to ask someone to have tolerance. Mm-hmm. Who, without exposure, you know, how will I know to treat someone from this background or this culture if I've never experienced it, if I've never met them, if I've never had a conversation with them? Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same. A lot of a lot of Americans don't have passports. They don't leave the country. They don't leave their state. And we have this issue in the U.S. with, and you know, I don't know if we're going to get into American politics, but okay. if you've never met someone who thinks differently than you, 
why wouldn't you think of them as the worst? You know, why wouldn't you demonize? Absolutely. And that's yeah, more yeah. about our politics and the political yeah. nature today in the U.S. But in a similar way here, I just I see a really interesting opportunity to bring more cultural programming and really to try to create exchange opportunities as well in both mm. directions. Yeah, yeah. But then um, I, I think I don't know if you had any bad experiences, but I mm. guess most of them were very uh, nice. Turns out, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but maybe uh, what about like you you have been to less crowded areas in Algeria okay. mm -hmm. like maybe in Algeria's people are more tolerant. Mm -hmm. But what about like in the Sahara, etc. Like when you say America, you're American. Um, Everyone is very welcoming in yeah. Algeria. Mm. I make this joke, which I don't know if is inappropriate, but I okay. say in Algeria. They already hate the French, so they can't hate the Americans too. <laughs> okay. Because in a lot of countries, they don't like Americans, uh, especially countries that have a lot of tourists, a lot of American tourists, mm -hmm. like Europe. Basically, I'm talking about Europe. Okay. There's lots of complaints in Europe about American tourists. About American tourists. Mm -hmm. Why, and why I, would that be? Oh, I don't know, because we're rude, we're loud, we're impolite. Well, I guess the French are rude too. Like. Uh, in Paris as a tourist? Yes, I do agree with this. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, again, this is what we would call a culture clash, right? Mm. What is rude to a French person is not rude to an American. And as someone, I lived in Paris for a year, my American friends would show up at my door crying. Inevitably, wow. someone wow. was mean to them. The bus mm. driver, the airport, security guard. Okay. And I would, you know, then I would be explaining, well, in France... What you did was actually quite rude, and okay, but okay. I think it's important to have these experiences. For me, they've helped me understand my own values, mm -hmm. to be in different environments, to face different value systems, to meet different kinds of people. Yeah. It's it's something I really want to expand yeah. to I, more people. I think uh, what uh, Algeria needs is more American tourists to to kind of like get to exposed. come and be rude and. <laughs> well, <laughs> Partly, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, but then, uh, like, you're one of, the, personally, you're one of the very, very few Americans I've ever met in my life. Yeah. And if it wasn't for uh, the media that I consume from mm -hmm. your culture, mm -hmm. maybe I would have believed whatever was said about the Americans on Algerian TV. Yeah. And uh, I would think that you are like very, very evil mm -hmm. and very fat. Yeah, yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. We're all eating yeah. McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> uh <-huh>. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I guess um, we, we still, there are videos on YouTube. Uh, where Algerians actually in New York start asking people uh, there, like, have you, uh, do you know where Algeria is? Mm -hmm. And people start saying, like, Nigeria? No, oh, we yes. haven't heard of, yeah. So I guess um, uh, cultural exchanges programs would be good, mm -hmm. but they can't, I, I don't see them big enough to mm. make a meaningful change yeah. for the future. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like to think, so our kind of motto or mission at the mm -hmm. American Institute is opening doors. Okay. So through it, through learning English or through helping individuals apply to study abroad programs, it's just about creating opportunity and access. Whether or not it's going to shift everyone's opinions or fundamentally shift the culture, I mean, who knows. Yeah, but yeah. on an individual level, 
um, I'm only here because I had access to an opportunity. I had access to a scholarship. Yes. Yeah. So that's my mission is on an individual level, make myself available to Algerians mm -hmm. who are really passionate about learning about my culture, learning my language, or traveling to English-speaking countries. Yeah, and now you, you, you have opened your business, your school. Mm -hmm. So tell mm -hmm. me, how is it going? Gosh, it's going very well. By the way, I just <laughs> want to say, uh, when people come to mm -hmm. the address yes. and uh, ask about, no, 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 ask about uh, learning English, not okay. about the American Institute. And I tell them, hey, there's the American Institute, you can contact them, etc. Yeah. They'd be like, the American Institute? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, tell me tell me how is, how is it going like? yeah it's going well mm. it's um it's going well it's every day i feel like we are facing a new challenge it's okay. i'm on this roller coaster of entrepreneurship of mm -hmm. starting a new business of just a lot of challenges but yeah. i think they're all good challenges right okay. we we had um so many people calling us to sign up that we had an issue and we had to hire i mean this is a great yeah. problem to have yes, when yes. i'm complaining oh <laughs> it's so hard we have so many people wanting to come i have to catch myself yeah. and say okay that's not a problem yeah um but it is really going well we did the uh we have an online program and we've been doing that for a year or over a year now because mm -hmm. of covid and that's very cool because we have teachers from all over the world um teaching our students And then we have uh, an in-person program. We just opened in July. We're looking for our a new location. Mm -hmm. It's just I see, yeah. moving and, quickly. And you have a great team, I guess. I have a great team. I, I love that. my <laughs> team. <laughs> yeah. Say it very loud. Yeah, and they're all Algerians. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I would like you to tell me about your impression of the Algerian youth, people who are in their 20 Ah, yeah. I'm always telling my friends here because most of my friends are around my age and I bring up things they don't know about and I go, well, I'm hanging out with the 20 year olds. I'm with the youth. Okay. <laughs> my staff are all, I think, 22 to 25. Okay. Um, and I love it. They're extremely motivated. They're mm -hmm. speaking really high quality English, very high quality, often without formal schooling or maybe some classes on the side, but it's just movies and music and YouTube. Um, I find I've been lucky to tap into a really passionate community of young Algerians yeah. here. And that is the reason my business is working. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have known to make TikTok videos if I didn't have a 22 year old <laughs> communications manager. <laughs> and that's been a, one of the pillars of our success and exactly what I want. I want to make an impact. I want to do cultural programming so i need an audience for this mm. um and the youth today are i think want they're interested in what i'm looking to put out so. yeah so there's a lot of potential and you're giving opportunities for that potential to come out and were you surprised at um how the number of of young people here in algeria who speak english and how well they spoke how well they spoke yeah absolutely how well they spoke and i don't know if it's I don't know. I was here for a year and a half. I went home during COVID and I got blocked for another year and a half. Mm -hmm. And I just have the impression, even in that year and a half, that the English quality got better. Yeah. I, I don't, I, maybe everyone was on, at home watching movies or maybe I just started paying better <laughs> attention. Yeah. But I'm constantly surprised by the, the quality of English among yeah. the youth. Yeah. Really, it's, it's generational and the difference is very, very clear high yeah. schoolers today young 20s yeah i guess in french we call it uh, mondialisation mm. yeah 
so that's the thing where um, so none of my parents or family members speak English except right. people who are younger than me. Okay. Like I'm, uh, I'm the oldest in the family who speak okay. English. Mm -hmm. But then there are people like my uh, 18-year-old or 17-year-old uh, younger brother yeah. who started like autumn. Nobody taught him. Yeah. He started speaking fluently English mm -hmm. just by playing video games with people from all around the world. Yeah. And yeah, I guess that's how it happened. And uh, today, uh, I personally uh, live in an environment. Mm -hmm where even when I meet new people, Algerians, I feel comfortable speaking to them in English. Yeah. As long as they are young enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, that, that is kind of surprising, I guess. But yeah, there's also the hive. Mm -hmm. So many people speak English there. Hello. <laughs> no, everyone's speaking English. It's funny too, because I, I don't know if you were going to mm -hmm. ask this question, but I get asked questions Thanks a lot for asking about... questions. In. Yeah, you're helping me out. <laughs> I want to ask myself a question. <laughs> well, everyone asks me about accents. Like, how are the accents in Algeria? Yeah. Um, and it's so funny because I don't expect an American accent from a non-American. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a little disturbing because yeah. I immediately, you, you judge where someone is from based on their accent. Mm -hmm. When someone has a really good American accent, I'm like... Ew. New Jersey, <laughs> you know, like it's like very, it really throws me off. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to guess where they might be from. So okay. it's not just the English, the vocabulary, the grammar. There's some really good accents going on. And, yeah. Which again, I'm not a big, I don't think you need a nice accent as long as your English is clear. But yeah. some people really commit and it they trick me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've always, I guess, personally, I've always had the French accent kind mm. of. Mm. I don't know. How would you would judge that? No, but the French have a pretty bad accent. You don't sound French. Okay, okay, that's good. No, yeah. you sound. You have a good accent. Okay, thanks. Uh, yeah. Do I? Maybe I have my own accent. Mm. Um, uh, and then, like thinking about it now, um, I've had so many American friends mm. over the internet. Okay. With whom I would have like phone calls or video calls, yeah. etc. I had a lot of time to kill nice. when I was twenty. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I guess it's not that surprising mm -hmm. when you look deep into it. Yeah. Um, and then there's the other part of it, which is you are learning their job. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I am. So I'm going to be disturbed if you're going to be Hanuni. <laughs> you're going to be like Hanuni. You know what Hanuni is? I don't. Hanuni is like, um, is like baby in their job. Okay. But then people mm -hmm. from Lida use, overuse it. Okay. Even with strangers, okay. like even between uh, same gendered, okay. like it's like bro. Yeah. So uh, when uh, when they come to bleed and someone tells them Hanuni, they're like, what? Why? Like, uh... So yeah, I'd be freaked <laughs> out if you told me. <laughs> I know there's such a thing as being uh, like too good or too when people really um, know mm. the cultural nuance. Yeah. I mean, that's the crazy thing about being American is my culture is an open book. So yeah. people can come to me and say something in, really in like lingo. Yeah. And it's, um, I'm a little, I'm often like, oh, uh, How do I want to be like, who yeah. taught you that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. But then now you, you are like uh, the first, I guess, and then you're going to mm. bring other Americans to teach. I hope, yeah. I really hope. Mm. I mean, this is, this is the dream. Um, it's something, it's a project that will probably take quite a while to realize, but um, mm -hmm. I hope to bring other teachers. I feel really um, honored that I got to have this experience and there's so few people that can get the Fulbright grant, but there's so many people who want to come to Algeria. Okay. People don't believe me when I say really? this. Really? Yeah. All Almost all of my online teachers are asking me when they can come. Ooh, wow. And even when I interview a new teacher, they go, so what's the possibility for, you know, in person? Like, could you, 
Okay. Will you help okay. me teach in Algeria? And I, I have to bring this up because Algerians, they just, they don't often don't believe me. There's people trying to come. It's just, uh, it can yeah. be quite challenging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess the best way to do like real diplomatic relationships mm. between two countries mm. is between the people themselves yeah. as opposed to between the governments who are yeah. all about business and all about like whatever think yeah. is uh, is good but yeah um i think if you start bringing americans here to teach mm -hmm. but then maybe you send uh, algerians to teach mm -hmm. whatever delja over there i guess hey. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, I guess uh, this is a really, really uh, good endeavor. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, I want to talk about something that we have brought up like a month ago, um, which is... Uh, You've been saving our conversations for... <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Let's not talk. <laughs> yeah, after this podcast, we're going to be all chill. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, about the theater uh, ambitions. Yeah. Yes. I'm so glad you're asking me about yeah. this. So have you thought about it? Oh my gosh, this is my dream. Okay. I know I just said bringing English teachers over is the dream, but I have another dream, okay. which is I really want to put on uh, plays in English in Algeria. Okay. So I'm a theater kid, what we call a theater kid, which means when I was growing up, my parents put me in theater. It was like an after-school activity, mm -hmm. and we would always put on plays, we'd put on musicals. I did this all the way through high school. I did, I think the last play I was in, I was in college. So I, you know, I was a kid, but also even into adulthood, mm -hmm. and I loved it. And I think it's um, a very valuable experience for so many reasons, not just language learning, but also confidence and creativity and community building. Okay. And I'm very passionate about this idea. We haven't started it yet, but I'm excited to. Yeah. Um, so after uh, this, uh, we're mm -hmm. actually going to go look. Uh, we're going to do a quick tour at uh, uh, the school I told you about once, uh, the art school, Crescendo. Okay. Uh, and yeah, yes, it could be like, like it could be a good setting for a start. Okay. Like it doesn't, the theater thing could, doesn't have to be big yes. at first. Mm -hmm. So we could, uh, we could start that, there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, what do you think? What kind of stories do you want to tell? So to make it a language learning exercise, I'd like to pick modern English plays. Um, okay. Of course, we can always write plays as well. But I like the idea of giving, um, giving students or giving the actors a chance to actually explore some of the literature and learn vocabulary and get to know some of our famous writers. So the first one I was thinking of is called Death of a Salesman. Yeah. Um, that's very famous by Arthur Miller. And um, I don't know, it's from the 50s or 60s. So the, it's not Shakespeare. We won't be doing Shakespeare. <laughs> not, uh, no, I, I need a dictionary for Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, but I just hope to do something fun and, and the advantage of doing theater is it's not just for the actors, it's also for the community. So I'd like to do performances. You work on a play, you spend eight weeks, you rehearse costumes, maybe lighting, everything, and then you, you open to the community to come and see and participate and um, learn as well. Yeah, that, that's going to be interesting. I would like to write plays. Okay. Yeah. I would really love to do that. Okay. So if you could uh, do something like like uh, the the process of writing plays mm -hmm. would be uh, I imagine teams. Yes. And then you would put ideas and like brainstorm things, etc. So uh, I would be really excited to do something like that. I love this. Yeah. And also a second idea I just thought of is we could do little YouTube uh, 
you know, YouTube miniseries, little filmed. <laughs> we can make our own TV shows. YouTube miniseries. Yasin is going to be working a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Yasin will be very busy. Yeah. We do. We have a.、Um, there's a lot of creativity here, not just、uh, coming from me, but also from our students. We're、mm-hmm. thinking of hosting a, a spelling bee, a spelling competition. We did、okay. a big Halloween party. I try to tell our community, you know, think of us as a vehicle. Okay. What do you want? You、mm. want to do plays? You want to write your own play? Okay, why not?、Mm-hmm. Really, I created the American Institute in response to requests or what I perceived as a need, and we're still here to do that. Okay, okay, I see. So、uh, now I want to、uh, talk about,、uh, like, this is going to be the last thing we're going to talk about、okay. because we already, already, already only have an hour. Okay.、Uh, but、um, I want to、uh, have, like, your opinion.、Mm-hmm. On、uh, some political aspects in、uh, the US. Oh dear. So, as, yeah, <laughs> as,、um, as an American citizen,、yes. you went through this whole、uh, Obama and then mm-hmm. Trump, mm-hmm. and now whoever he's called, whatever he's called,、uh-huh. Biden. Joe Biden.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. what were your personal thoughts and reactions、yes. on, first of all, electing Trump? <laughs> Were you yeah, surprised? I was extremely surprised. Wow. <laughs> None of us thought it would happen. We even left the election. We have election watch parties, and I was in grad school at the time, and we all went home. I went to bed. Because you Because were I was sure, sure he wasn't that, going to win. Yeah, you thought that Clinton was going、oh, to win. Oh, definitely. Okay. We thought there was a 2% chance Trump would win. Wow. So I woke up in the morning, I turned on my phone, and was like, <laughs> you can say it. <laughs> What? I mean, I think we were, it was really a sense of disbelief. It was really、okay. like, this is not, there's a recount. This, no, this can't be. It took a long time for it to be, for us to realize. And I was living in Washington, D.C.,、so、I was living in the Capitol,、okay. which is largely liberal. And a lot of people, you know, Clinton's been a force in the Capitol for years. So I, I think I was probably in the biggest Clinton bubble that you could find. We were. Okay. So you, we didn't see it coming. Yeah, you had no, <laughs>、um, like you had no、um, perception of、mm-hmm. other people who would be、yeah. uh, voting for Trump. Oh, yeah.、But、then they turned out to be like a lot of people. Yeah, I don't have any Trump relatives. Okay. We talk about this now among、okay. the liberal communities,、okay. especially around Thanksgiving. Oh,、right. I have a you know, Trump uncle or Trump relative. I don't. I come from a really liberal family, so I had zero awareness how much his message was resonating with people. Yeah. But then、uh, something that happened in the US, which is like people, like, as you, you're saying now, that there were like Trump relatives and non Trump people. Like, yeah. How did, did you like, really、um, did this affect? Any relationships there? Did,、um, For me personally, or did I? I guess you already had a、uh, 100% liberal ha- <laughs> environment. Yes. My, my family is between the more liberal and the less liberal, are the debates and the okay. conversations. Okay.、Um, but I think, and I've heard stories that I think it really did tear some families apart. Ooh, it really、yeah. did. I mean, politics in the US is just extremely volatile right now.、Mm. It, it seemed like who you vote for says everything about you.、Yeah. You know, and the conversation often stops there. I know enough.、Yeah. I know what kind of person you are, and I don't want to be in the room with you.、Yeah. It's really it's very intense. I'm happy to be abroad. 
George Floyd mm -hmm. being murdered and I was like, wow, yep. this is not gonna go through as something normal. And yep. yeah, I, I knew right away that it's gonna change a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, it happened to us here too. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of, uh, like all of Algerians were traumatized, completely traumatized. Yep. Like yep. Fr friends of mine couldn't sleep. Mm -hmm. And uh, like even today, it yeah. hasn't been resolved yet, yeah. as uh, was the case with uh, George Floyd. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny you talk about democracy, because mm. uh, I personally, I wish, you can, I wish you're going to experience this at some point uh, mm -hmm. in your life, uh, which is seeing your country going through raw democracy. Okay. Okay. Which uh, which I personally uh, experienced it during Herak. Going through what democracy? A row, row, like um, like not cooked, not. Uh, oh, yeah. okay. Like actual uh, pure yeah. democracy where yep. Yep. lots of people are outside mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. yelling mm -hmm. whatever they want to mm -hmm. happen, as opposed to going through a process where they mm -hmm. vote and then other people would like yeah. reconsider what the vote, what is yeah. yeah. So um, so. Uh, I hope uh, things gonna get better uh, for our, both our countries, and yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, um, guess it was an interesting conversation. Very. Yeah. Very. Um, thank you for having me. You're welcome. I it, hope I answered some of your questions. Yeah. Some of the questions I get a lot from people. And others. Hope, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just. I hope. Uh, yeah. I guess you had questions that you have never been asked to, about fishing. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, the fishing. We'll see how many people uh, come to me with fishing questions. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so I guess we're going to wrap this up. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for, uh, for being here. And uh, we're going to do this again. Inshallah. Yeah. I'm yeah. in. And maybe when we're going to do this, we're going to do this in Deljong. Who knows? <laughs> oh my god i'd like to clarify for everyone listening my darja is very beginner words that you know. no i guess i hate this i hate the pressure everyone does this to me but you're like but you're like really studying darja i'm the studying darja i've been studying darja for like a year and a half two years okay um, have you not learned anything okay khalas. <laughs> all right let's okay. i have learned some things <laughs> But uh, I would say the pressure I feel does not help. Uh, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I can understand a lot more okay. um, than I can say, which I think is pretty typical when you're at a beginner stage. Yeah, yeah. something that, uh, that I uh, that Refiak told me, which made me crack up. Like I laughed so much about it. Uh, he said when Ariella comes to the address, mm -hmm. uh, like he prepares himself to speak in English, oh. and then like he'd be like, <laughs> "Hello, Ariella, how are you?" And then you'd be like. Hey, Rafiq, Raymeshia. Raymeshia. Ghel khair. Yes. La bas khoya. Wesh bik. He's like. That's so funny. He's my, he's my Dardacha partner. I test out all my new sentences on him. Yeah, yeah. Don't let him teach you a lot of swearing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, people have been teaching me some bad words lately. Yeah. That's how we learn a language, I guess. Is That's <laughs> the first few words that I've learned in English. It's a rite of yeah. passage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for uh, being here. And Thanks uh, for having me. We're, doing, we're gonna do this again sometime. Sounds good. And, uh, yeah, see you another time. All Bye -bye. right, thanks, Emir.